A few more notes before we get into the show. Would really appreciate a rate and review five stars. Even if you don't want to write a review, you know, you don't want to hit type words, that's fine. Scroll down, just hit five stars while you're listening to this podcast. Goes a long way in helping me keep it free. Additionally, drafters.com. You will hear me mention drafters.com a bunch. I'm beginning to love this platform. I've been doing a ton of NFL best balls and a ton of PGA contests on their app. It's very smooth. Love it. Reminds me of a former app that was bought out and no longer exists that I really used to love. But anyway, if you want to play in these PGA tier contests or this NFL best ball championship that they have going on over there, the best way to do it to start out is to use the promo code PAT at deposit and you will get 50% added to your first initial deposit. So if you deposit $100, they're going to give you 100 and 50 to play with. Can't beat that. All right, now let's get into the show. You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Riding DFS and Betting Podcast for the Northern Trust. Let's talk about what went right, what went wrong at the Wyndham. Obviously, hit the old double first-round leader. Um, that's very hard to do. Uh, you know, since the restart, I've been actually better at picking first-round leaders. We have five of them than I am outrights. We have three of those. There is just something about hitting the tournament winner that just feels more pure, um, you know, first-round leaders just feels like you guessed right on who has a bink round uh, on Thursday, but, you know, oftentimes they pay better, so um, I won't scoff at it, but an eight combined first-round leaders slash outrights since the restart is definitely what I would consider a heater, so let's try to continue that here at the Northern Trust TPC Boston. Let's take a look at the course. So it is a par 71, which means there are three par fives. Uh, what is interesting about TPC Boston, which is you know, usually the case at most other courses, is the par fives are not the three easiest holes on the course. So there is a par four, 353-yard, drivable by some but most people are probably going to, you know, lay up to to 120 or potentially maybe just rip it down to the front edge of the green uh, or something of that nature. But that hole, it plays easier than two of the par fives. But you can almost say that there are four par fives on this course because anytime you have a pitch onto the green for eagle, uh, it that that hole will play somewhat like a par 5 or at least return an eagle rate and a birdie rate similar to a par 5. So par 71 but could play a little bit more like a par 72 with that extremely short par 4 that you know some guys can drive some guys will have a, a very short like 30 40 yard pitch on to the green. In past years what has won at TPC Boston. As always, approach 
strokes gained approach is up there. Um, however, putting is not too far behind. And, you know, similar to the Wyndham, this is a course that greens in regulation are hit at a higher rate than most other courses than the average course on tour, which means, you know, a lot of times putting is going to factor in or proximity to the hole, right? You know, opportunities gained uh, is the stat that we like to use that is on Fantasy National, which just means the player has had birdie putts of 15 feet or shorter, or they are on the green in under regulation, meaning they have an eagle putt. That is something that I'm going to take into account, right? I'm going to weight opportunities gained pretty heavily at TPC Boston because we want them to stick it close. If we look at some of the other stats, um, you know, driving accuracy is a little bit uh, higher here. As I already mentioned, greens and regulation is a little bit higher here than the average tour course, as is scrambling. The one thing that stuck out to me when looking at previous rounds was that players three putt at TPC Boston more so than an average event. So one thing that I am going to look at is three putt avoidance. I'm not going to put it in the model. I'm not going to like put it as a percentage, bake it into what the model spits out, but I am going to maybe use it as a tiebreaker target guys that um, are good lag putters. Don't three putt very often. Uh, driving distance is usually um, higher at this event as well. So it really comes down to approach. Who's sticking their irons close and then who is making the putts on bent grass greens. As far as approaches go, 200 plus was the highest rate of approach shots. But there are also, you know, that 150 to 200 range, that's two buckets, but it's also up there as well. But I'm going to concentrate on guys that, that you know, hit their long irons well. Um, so let's go see what we put into the model and let's talk about who it has spit out. So obviously strokes gained approach and opportunities gained, very important. A little bit of off the tee, a little bit of bent putting. Um, par 5 scoring, you know, par 5 scoring popped in uh, who played well at TPC Boston as well. The desired proximity ranges from 200 plus and the other ones that I talked about. And then I also put in uh, some par 4 scoring because par 4 scoring is important here, being that there are 11 par 4s and 8 of them come from, you know, 2 buckets. So I, I put those in there as well. A little bit of course history, not tournament history, because obviously the TPC Boston was just put into the Northern Trust rotation. So if you're looking at, you know, Northern Trust results, they won't be exactly correct. You would have to, you know, sort by the course, sort by TPC Boston, because this will be the first time it's part of this Northern Trust rotation of events. So here's, here's the top 10. Um, according to the stat model that I created, Justin Thomas is number one. Uh, he is first in approach, first in opportunities gained since the restart. Literally has no weakness across the board. He even is, you know, top quarter of the field in uh, three-putt avoidance. Play, he has played well at TPC Boston in the past. Not great, but well, good enough. He's a good par five scorer. He just does everything well. 
Then uh, the second spot uh, is pretty scary in the model. It is Hideki Matsuyama. He has been, you know, he always is pretty lights out with the irons. He rates out fourth in approach, eighth in opportunities gained. He's ninth in par five scoring, and he is up there in every proximity range. He's even played well at TPC Boston in the past. It's just the putter. You know, he is, he ranks pretty, he's almost last, dead last in the field in three-putt avoidance. And we see it, you know, I mean, it's not a mystery. Everybody talks about it. Everybody sees it. When Hideki putts, he often putts three putts from, you know, ranges that are unacceptable. Morikawa, going to be on the betting card. He's third uh, in the model. Third in approach, 19th in ops gain. He kills it off the tee. Listen to his proximity ranges here. From 200 plus, he's sixth. From 175 to 200, he's second. And from 150 to 175, he is ninth. So those three proximity ranges where the vast, vast majority of approach shots come from, he is basically lapping the field. Um, Bryson rates out fourth. Victor Hovland is fifth. He'll be on the betting card, I think. You know, I always, I, I love Vic, and maybe it's, you know, some type of bias, but I'm going to go back to Vic. Fifth in approach, 14th in opportunities gained. Uh, you know, he rates out well from the in par four scoring. He is, the only thing that I would say is he is, you know, a little bit sketchy from the desired proximities, but not so much that I would be worried. Um, and, you know, around the green is where Vic, struggles a little bit and it is that is a bit mitigated here at TPC Boston it doesn't you know around the green doesn't necessarily pop it's not a place where you know the greens are really small and a lot of your approaches will be sitting in some rough uh, you know and you'll be short-sighted and you're gonna have to get up and down for a lot of pars that's not the case so I think Vic has a shot this week as well. Xander comes in sixth. Rory is seventh. Paul Casey is eighth. Webb Simpson is ninth. And Taylor Gooch rates out tenth. All right, so let's get right into my betting card. And I will tell you exactly why I am on each guy. So I already mentioned Colin Morikawa. I think he is one of the top players right now in the world. And you know, at TPC Boston, one of the things that you'll notice if you look at all of the results, all of the winners, for the most part, you're going to get a class winner here. Um, if you look at the past results from, from Boston, you're not going to see too many dogs from the bottom of the board, bottom of the betting board, at the top, um, as the winner at least. So I I concentrated my my betting card on the top twenty five ish in the official world golf rankings. Right, I'm not going to take anybody from too far down. So Morikawa's up there. Hideki, I just mentioned, he came out second in my stat model. He hits his irons well. He's playing well. If he can just find the putter, and I love the the number at forty five to one. I had to get all over that. I also like. Gary Woodland, um, and this one, I'll be honest, this card in general, I don't feel extremely confident in. Um, there are a lot of guys, I think, that could win this event, but I basically went on who I thought had the best numbers. Like, I could see Daniel Berger winning this, not going to have him on my card. I could see anybody from the top. I mean, if you just want to put all your money on 
Justin Thomas. He rates out first in the model. I could see that. Um, but I'll tell you why I like Gary Woodland. Uh, his approaches and his approaches and opportunities gained are both top twenty-five, twelfth in approach, twenty-fourth in opportunities gained, and those are the things that I weighted that the most heavily. He's a great par five scorer, and he hits his long irons well, and he's played well here at TPC Boston in the past. He's seventh in course history, so that is why I like Gary Woodland. I think I already did mention that I'm going to be on Victor Hovland. You know his number I found at sixty-six which right now it's probably about 55 or 60 on most of the books you're looking at. I think the, a, a decent amount of money might have come in on Vic just because that number is was you know a little bit eye-popping. So listen, he played unbelievable to start the restart, right? He had a bunch of top 10s. He was killing it. And then he lo- he's looked a little bit off over his last two events. But I think he might have just been worn out. Uh, I think this week off, heading into the Northern Trust, um is going to help him and you know the stats just don't lie he is a great off the tee he's a great par four scorer he is top 15 in both of these strokes gain and opportunities gain stats he doesn't three putt much um despite the fact that his putting has been somewhat lax he he really it rates out okay in three putt avoidance um so i i like vic at, at that number uh, if he was like 30 or 40, I would say absolutely not. But 66, 60, even 55. Give me some Vic. Um, let's see who else we have here. Oh, Matthew Wolf. The reason I'm on Matthew Wolf this week, he's 70 to 1. That's hard to pass up. But his opportunities gained is top five in this field. And that's something that I'm going to really concentrate heavily on, right? Not not so much who's hitting greens in regulation, but who is sticking it close. And that is Matthew Wolf. You know, he's gaining strokes off the tee. He's sticking it close as long as he can putt this week. And that's the theme of this card, really, this week, is as long as they can putt well this week. So at this point, Morikawa, Hideki, Woodland, Hovland, Wolf. And I'm going to throw in 140 to one shot. And I tweeted this out as soon as the betting lines came out because I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. Doc Redman has played absolutely out of his mind. Now, I know he's not a class player, right? He's still young, um, and that's why I'm going to add him to the top 10 and top 20 card as well. But I'm going to throw a small dart on Redmond at 140 to 1. I mean, that's just, that number I think I found on DraftKings, that's just egregious. Um, Doc Redmond can absolutely contend here at Boston. His stats as a whole, rate out 18th in the field. So, I mean, that was one of the biggest discrepancies in uh, model rank versus odds. So Doc Redman will get a small dart. And then I'm also going to put him on the top 10 and top 20 card. So that's the entire card. Morikawa, Hideki, Woodland, Wolf, Hovland, and Redman. Um, like I said, guys, a lot of times, I, you know, this whole restart, I was very confident uh, in, in the cards that I put together. This Northern Trust is tough. There was a ton of guys. Um, you know, Xander's a great par 5 scorer. I could see him contending. Patrick Reed is has been, you know, playing lights out. So, uh, you know, it's tough. Um it really is. I could see, you know, 20 different guys winning this event. And it was tough to put a card together, but that's who I'm going with. If I don't have any guys in contention on Sunday, I won't be surprised. Because I think, 
you know, it could come down to some of those heavy hitters like JT and Rom and Rory and Bryson. Um, but the numbers are just too short for me. So let's take a look at, I have three guys for top 10 and top 20. It's Brendan Steele, who has been absolutely dynamite uh, in the restart. You know, theme of the card, the only thing he doesn't really do well is putt. Like, he's he's ninth in approach. He is, just lost him here on the screen. Uh, I'm sorry, he's ninth in opportunities gained, 17th in approach. He's third in par four scoring. He's fourth in the long irons, 200 plus proximity range. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he has, he just, you know, if, if Brendan Steele doesn't do well this week, it's because he lost like eight strokes putting because I feel like he is going to be throwing darts and definitely going to be uh, someone that I have as a top 10, 20, and also on DraftKings. And then the other guy, like I mentioned, is Doc Redman. Talked about why we loved him. And Taylor Gooch, man, you know, Gooch has been in really good form. He's a great par four scorer. He's a good enough par five scorer. He's, he, does, he rates out well from the proximity ranges. He's 22nd in approach, 21st in opportunities gained. I mean, I and, and the number on Gooch is, is amazing. He's 400, 400 to 1 to win. Um, not going to be there, but he has really good, depending on where you, you have your, your money, shop around. But he has really good top 10, top 20 odds. Even like, I think he's like 3 to 1 to, to top 30, which I don't, I don't mind at all if your if your books offer like even like maybe even a make the cut number that you that you like and they they have one on Gooch I definitely think he has a chance to contend this week I would be extremely surprised if he won um, a top 10 might even be pushing it but I really think that Gooch is going to you know be creeping around near the top of the leaderboard at the end of the week and being that he is inexpensive on DraftKings he will be in that player pool as well. First round leaders, you know, maybe this is probably the only part of the show that you would like to listen to because it seems like first round leaders is my thing. Um, Gooch, Redman, Steele, those guys that are top 10, top 20, obviously I'm going to put them in the first round leader because I think they're going to get out of the gates hot. Harold Varner, just first round leader machine. Thank you, Harold, for the first round leader hit last week. Joel Dahman, Luke List, Sam Burns, those seven guys are going to be my first round leader. And you guys, I mean, first round leaders are uh, a scary proposition, right? Because these are guys that are normally, you know, normally finished towards the bottom of the leaderboard week in and week out, right? They're, they're 100 to 150 to one shots. You know, sometimes I'll creep down into the 80s and 90s if I really like a guy. But you don't have to bet a ton on these guys. Like I personally don't bet as much on first round leaders as I would outrights. Um, but I mean, like, you know, for instance, on DraftKings right now, I think Sam Burns is like 125 to 1 or something. So like even if you put like 5, 10 bucks down, you're hitting something in the neighborhood of, you know, 600 to $1,200. And that is a great payday. Okay, so very quick review of the betting card. Outrights, Morikawa, Hideki, Wolf, Woodland, Hovland, Redmond. Top 10s, top 20s, Gooch, Redmond, and Steele. First round leaders, Gooch, Redmond, Steele, Varner, Dahman, Burns, and List. 
Okay, very quickly, some of the guys that I will be having pieces of on DraftKings. I'm going to go, I'm going to plant my flag at the top and say Justin Thomas. I will have a lot of Justin Thomas. This is the week that I'm going to have a, a narrow-ish player pool. And I think it's it's smart to narrow it down at the bottom, right? Like pick guys that you think have a chance to contend because the top of the leaderboard is going to be mostly studs here at TPC Boston, right? Guys that are worth their salt are going to be just jammed up to the top. So I think really what you need to do is you need to get as many class players in a lineup. And what that actually does is it, it makes you almost have a balanced approach here at Boston, right? Because if you have, if you take uh, Justin Thomas and a Rory, then like you have to dip down and play a bunch of guys that probably aren't going to contend. <clears throat> so I think it is important to have as many guys in your lineup that are above average golfers, right? So this isn't a week where, like last week, where you're going to see like Jim Herman and Rob Oppenheim and a bunch of guys that you really never hear of and that never really um, make any noise and don't make a ton of cuts. They're not going to be the guys that are lingering at the top of the leaderboard. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plant my flag on Justin Thomas at the top. Um, Maybe throw in one other uh, of those really expensive guys, maybe Rory, but, but you know, Thomas is my flag plan at the top. Then I'm going to sprinkle in guys that are just below them. So Hideki, Hovland, Xander, Webb, Paul Casey. Those are guys that I am going to have, you know, to make up the meat of that that next range. Um, and then here are the guys in order uh, that I like that are going to be in my player pool. There's going to be a lot of overlap from my betting card. I think Taylor Gooch is going gonna, is gonna to make some noise. Um, he's been playing well, and his stats rate out well, and <clears throat> I think he's going to go under the radar here, but um, I'm going to take a stand on some of these bottom guys, Taylor Gooch, Harold Barner, Brendan Steele, guys like that. Cam Davis is someone that I'm going to take a stand on as well. I always like Cam Davis, and I'm going to go back to the well there. I am going to have Tiger. I am going to have a little bit of Tiger. Um, you know, I think just at these big events, he's played TPC Boston well. His stats rate out well. The only thing that he hasn't really been spectacular at is off the tee, but that could always come together for Tiger. Um, some other guys that I like, Russell Henley, he has just been, and he we were on him last week, and he, he was creeping up the leaderboard at the end as well. He's just been stuffing the ball close. Um I am going to put Ricky in just because of the putting, right? So I think that putting is a little bit more important this week. So I think Ricky, being a good putter, he will be in my player pool as well. Terrell Hatton. um, I almost put Terrell Hatton on the betting card, but a little worried about his off-the-tee game as well. Um, But Hatton will be in a few of my DraftKings lineups. And then from there, it's basically, you know, those guys that I said that I liked for first-round leaders, Luke List, Sam Burns. Um, I'm going to have Joaquin Neiman again. <laughs> He's probably going to be popular because he showed out last week. But, uh, you know, I'm just a Joaquin Neiman guy. Chez Revy again. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of... Uh, these guys are, are kind of pricey, but they're guys that I'm going to have a little bit of. Jason Day, 
Patrick Reed, Tony Finau. I could see one of those guys really making a move. So those guys are on or in the player pool as well. Okay, I know that was a quick DraftKings breakdown, um, but I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna play a ton of DraftKings this week, and I don't think I'm going to have a huge player pool additionally. So that would be the reason for the quick DraftKings breakdown. But um, the full card will be linked in the description of the podcast. And as always, if you have any questions at Pat James DFS on Twitter, good luck with all your bets and your DFS lineups at the Northern Trust. You are listening to the Riding NFL DFS podcast with Pat James.